Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, we're now going to go ahead and if you got your bulletin or your Uversion app open, we're going to go ahead and, and jump in to this paper plane series part two. And we've been looking at this concept that to, to truly move forward in God, we must, we must let Him shape our lives. We're about to look at a passage of scripture that if you've been walking with God for very long, you've heard it. And sometimes we can, we can kind of say, oh yeah, preacher, I know that one. I've heard it a lot of times. I've quoted it. And so we're going to actually be looking at it in a translation. You probably haven't looked at it so that we see it with fresh eyes. And the translation we're used to hearing is the one is that, that, <clears throat> that God make all things work together for, our, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And, and so many times we, we only grab a hold of that in a time of tragedy. There was something that didn't happen that, that, all the, that we didn't want to happen that all of a sudden happened and we're like, okay, well, we're going to believe for God to come in and, and take this and to transform. And some of those things can be our, our own setups, our own little snafus, and some of them can be stuff that was done to us. But I've got a little video. If, uh, if you've been with us for a long time, I've used this a few years ago. I'm going to warn you. It's funny, but part of it is a little bit painful. And so, um, but I think you'll see where we're going. You got to give it up for the uh, Nolan's cheese, people. You've probably seen that commercial online. I love watching you watch the commercial. Because you know with the trap, something's going to happen. It's the little cheery little music. Everything's good. And then the snap. And I saw all of these faces. It was awesome. And then like, like people were like, oh, my goodness. His little, his little chest is pumping. And his, his little head's held back. And, and it's just it's painful. But... But the whole point of why I wanted to share this with you is so many times there are things and, and that, that their assignment was to take us out. But I'm here to tell you that God, if we will give him the fullness of everything that takes place in our lives, even the very things the enemy wanted to take us out, God can use to build us up and to make us stronger. I guarantee he can. And so as we begin to look at this paper plane series and we look at this concept of being shaped to soar, that so many times there are things that that we can say, you know what, that, this piece of, of, this, of my life, this piece of who I am, it just needs to be discarded. It just needs to be ignored. There was a trap I set for myself. There was a trap someone else that the enemy did. And that's just a piece of my life I just want to ignore. I just want it to be gone and God shape everything else and just kind of forget about that. But so many times it's amazing how the place where we've seen God's grace come in the deepest is where God begins to minister out of this amazing well that begins to be there in our lives. And so for the people on the other side of your healing, I say keep going. Because your healing, your restoration isn't just about you. 
There's somebody on the other side that needs to see the love and the grace of God poured out in that ugly, nasty, messed up place that you let God come in and bring restoration and wholeness and and see hope come into a place where they thought that there was no hope. Sadly, on the outside of this, there are people who think that God is more angry with them about the mess that they're in than he is loving to bring restoration and wholeness. They think God is is shooting down daggers at them and and upset at the hole they dug for themselves and saying, you know what, I'm going to take that hole and I'm going to make it a reservoir. And I'm going to fill it with grace and you're going to be able to go to that place you thought was an empty void and a hole and be able to ladle out and dip out grace for so many different people in life. We have to give God the wholeness of it. So let's go ahead and let's look at Romans 8, 28 and 29 in the message translation. It says, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The Son stands first in the line of humanity He restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Him. The pristine, perfect, world-record-setting paper airplane is Jesus. And He's that model, and God is working in our lives, and He can come along and begin to take, whether we're this nice, pretty, pristine piece of paper or some messed-up thing we're digging out of the wastebasket. God can begin to shape our lives. And see, to be able to let Him do that, to be able to let Him do it, we can't let anything stand in the way between us and God making those folds and making those shapes and and letting His handiwork be at work in our lives. And one of the hurdles that we want to talk about today is honestly one of our biggest ones, and that is us. You, dealing with you, is your biggest hurdle. It's not the person down the street or your boss or your co-worker or family members or any of that. It's us. And we have to be willing to let God pour out His grace and love in us. So again, so many times there are things we just want to ignore and forget or maybe we think are unusable. And as long as we're hung up on that, we're not going to be able to get anywhere in life. See, the love and grace that we let shape our lives becomes the baseline for the love and grace that we extend to others. It becomes the baseline, the depth to that we let God move in our lives. That becomes the baseline for the way we deal with other people. And if we're so hung up on ourselves for whatever reason, but especially in a place of unforgiveness, where we're so frustrated and irritated with ourselves and we can't let go of that, it will hold us back every time. Mr. Jowers, will you come up here and help me right quick? See, God's got great things in front of us, and He wants us to move forward. He wants us to move forward, but for us to be able to do that, then we've got to be able... To follow him. And so I've got, uh, I've asked uh, Braden Jowers here. Um, if, we're going to need to get over there for the camera here, buddy. Right here. There we go. For everybody watching at home. Um, now, uh, uh, I'm not talented um, in jumping. 
and so I and so I, I can't I can't jump. And so, but this this guy, this guy can jump. This guy competes in dance competitions. He's incredibly skilled. We did a showcase in our youth ministry one Wednesday. If you if you got a young person that that's youth age that's not connected with Wednesday nights, you need to get them connected. We got some awesome stuff happening. But um, what I wanted to do is just to show you that I've, I've got somebody with some jumping skills here to do what we're about to do. Show us some jumping skills. Don't, don't rip them, please. <laughs> there we go. I think we would agree that at least some white men can jump. <laughs> Not all. Not all. And so, so you can jump. We've got that covered. And uh, this is my wife's $100 bill. <laughs> and you can have it. If you can jump over it. I just need you to stand right here in front of it. If you can jump over it. But see, the thing is, is I need you to grab your toes. And you can't let go. You can't let go of you. You have to be hung up and stuck and not release yourself. Okay? So you got jumping skills. You got 100 bucks. You can't let go of you. Oh, I'm sorry. We got some people who believe. Then I need to move the table. Let's just get this out of the way. Let's just get it out of the way. And I'm ready to see you take my wife's hundred bucks. <laughs> All right. He should get a second try. Get a second try. Come on. Get a second try. Come on. Come on, Mr. Jumpy. What, what, no running starts here. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. I still got your hundy. No. But there we go. We've got... We got a guy we would agree could uh, jump as good as any of us in this room, okay? But when we refuse to let go of us, folks, we can't move forward. We can't. I don't care how much skill you've got on every other front. As soon as you get into this place where you have locked on to you, your progress has stopped. It has stopped. You can't move forward. I don't care how much, how much there is on the line, what, it, what reward is laid before you. It doesn't matter. If you're stuck to you, you're stuck. You're stuck. You can't move forward. So here was this thing that Jesus came in to begin to teach us to be able. Because we're called to love God and we're called to love others. But we've got to let that love flow to us first and recognize and see ourselves 
as loved and see ourselves as lovable. Because I guarantee you, you will go through the motions, but if you don't see yourself as fully loved by God, you can't fully love him back and you can't fully love anyone else. You know how many families are broken and destroyed and wrecked by a couple of people who, who despise themselves trying to love each other? Families all over the world are wrecked by this. People all over the world are wrecked by this. You're like, you know what? I can't stand me, but you're pretty awesome. So I'll put you in my life, and I'll begin to just pour my love out on you. But that self-hatred, that self-thing, all of a sudden is that becomes this anchor, and you can't move forward. You can't do it. Let's look at Matthew 22, verse 36. This is, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these, these two. This was all the law and the prophets. This was the system that was that God handed when he invited humanity, invited his people to connect with him personally. And they said, no, tell us what to do and we'll do it. Give us some commandments. God didn't want this system. But the people of Israel rejected God and asked for some, some stuff. So Moses ends up on Mount Sinai and has ten. It all started with, with ten. And then it grew and grew and grew. And this was, this was the pinnacle. Love the Lord your God. And love your neighbor as yourself. But here was the problem. We don't like us very much. We don't like us very much. You know, this older generation I put myself in makes fun of this younger generation that says they're self-absorbed. All the selfies. Instagram, Snapchat stuff, getting all the likes. They're not self-absorbed. They're hungry for affirmation. They're hungry for acceptance. Please let there be something I do that's okay. Please let there be something that somebody likes and somebody thinks is all right. Because they're still so broken and hurt on the inside. They don't truly love themselves. It's not the sign of narcissism. It's the sign of the very opposite. And God wants to come in and help us because in the old system we're stuck. But I want to show you that Jesus changed the system. Let's look at John 15, 9 through 13. It says, as the Father has loved me. Stop. As the Father has loved me. Jesus lays the groundwork for what he's about to say. How he's about to turn everything up on its head. He's about to change everything. He says, as the Father has loved me. Isn't this amazing how Jesus knew he was loved? He knew he was loved. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. If Jesus operated by loving us out of the love he received from the Father, 
don't you think you and I have to be able to love one another out of love we receive from the Father? If that's the way Jesus did it, by having a foundation of knowing we're loved, Jesus knew he was loved. He said, because I know I'm loved by the Father, I love you. I love you. I pour out love on you. And then tells them, now remain in my love. Just stay right there in a place where you know you are loved. Man, so many times we want to say, God, thank you for loving me. Now, now, let me get to work for you. Let me show you I'm worthy of this love. Let me show you what, how, I, how you, you, you haven't put it in the wrong spot, God. You've made a wise investment there, Lord. You've given the love in the right spot. We so want to prove it instead of just receiving it. Instead of just receiving it and letting it soak down deep on the inside of this. He goes on to say, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. You know why? It's because we obey not out of fear, but out of trust. Real compliance is out of trust. As I tell my children, hey, I need this, this, stop this, do this, what, whatever. The highest place of our relationship is when they don't go, well, I know you're going to punish me. I want to check my Instagram and you'll take my phone away, so I'm going to do this. No, that, that's, that's terrible. Because they trust me. They know I love them. I hope they know I love them. And they respond out of a place. And, and there's this natural flow of the household based not on authority and consequence, but based on love. I remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. See, the old system was love your neighbor as you've loved yourself. Jesus changed the system. That was jacked up. That was messed up. Because, you know what, when we don't like ourselves very much, well then it's okay to kind of be cruddy to other people. You feel like that's probably what they're going to do to you because that's probably what you deserve. So you just respond first. And it's a nasty, messed up system. But Jesus turned it on his head and he says, now I want you to love each other like I've loved you. Only from a place of having received love can we really Give it. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus also let us know in Luke 9, 25, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? Folks, you matter. You matter to God. You matter. And he loves you and he wants you to receive that. He wants you to receive that. So many times we want to go to the scriptures to find out what we need to do for God. But so many times we just need to go to the scriptures and just spend time with them. And let us, let us be loved on by God. 
That we come into a time of worship and let the Holy Spirit speak to us those amazing words that he spoke to Jesus. You are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. In whom I'm well pleased. You're loved and he's pleased with you. See, we must be willing to forgive ourselves. 2 Peter 1 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. If you need to, we did a whole series on this called Add to Your Faith a few years ago, and it's available on our podcast, and you can catch that super rich passage of scripture there. Peter goes on to say, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus. But here's what I wanted to get to with this. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. So many times we begin to get wrapped up in all of the mess of our past and it chokes out the growth of these good things that we want. Faith and goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and love. And those things get stymied and squelched when we forget that we have been forgiven of our past sins. We have to be willing to embrace the love that God has given us. The forgiveness that God has given us. And if he's forgiven it, you need to forgive it too. Forgive yourself. You will be with the one with everything in front of you and not be able to move forward if you don't forgive yourself. God's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness, but you will never move forward and grab it if you don't forgive yourself. He's forgiven you. He's forgiven you. For you forgive you. You let go of it and be able to move forward. We so all, all want, so many times, want to be like these lyrics from an Adele song called Turning Tables. And she sings, someday I'll be braver, someday I'll be my own savior, standing on my own two feet. There's this thing that's still insipid on the inside of us. That so many times what we want from Jesus is that second try we gave Braden. I didn't make it the first time, give me another one. Lord, give me another shot. Give me another shot, Lord. Maybe you showed up to church today saying, man, I, I just want another shot, God. This ain't about another shot. Jesus, Jesus already sunk the shot. He already did it. It's about releasing it and letting what the fullness of he, that he has done on your behalf begin to be manifest in your life. As soon as we come back, because then we want to be braver and we want to be our own savior, finally standing on our own two feet. We want that because then we get to pound our chest and say we did it. Instead of raising our hands and saying, God, you did it. It's all you. 
you're so good, you're so awesome, and I receive the love that you give. So to be able to do that, to not forget that we've been forgiven, we have to stay focused on grace. You're like, well, Brandon, if I just stay focused on grace, won't I just kind of stay in the same patterns and keep messing up and say, oh, God's forgiven me, I'm good. I can still say the same broken down, messed up, jacked up person. No, let's look at this. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, and it teaches us to say no. Grace teaches us to say no. Why? Because it has released us into a whole new way of living. We're not caught trying to claw our own way into things. We now have a new way of life in Christ. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself, he's doing the purifying, a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And then Romans 2, 4 confirms this. It says, do you not show contempt for the riches of his kindness tolerance and patience not realizing that it's God's kindness that leads you towards repentance towards turning around and walking in a new direction it's God's kindness that does that so I'm asking you just please just, just stay in step with the spirit just stay in step with the spirit remember what he's bringing up about you is that you're loved and forgiven. If you'll stay in step with the Spirit, you'll be aware that you're loved and forgiven. So you've called, we've subtitled this message, Image and Daring. Because so many times we have this image we want to cling to. When really what we need to do is embrace the air, the wind of the Spirit. The word Spirit actually means wind. Let God breathe on us. Let God give his, breathe His life into us. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say live by the Spirit, and you're not gratified the desires of the sinful nature. And then 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient, love is kind. It's not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking or self-absorbed. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. And I think that most of the time we see this definition of love and we think immediately of how we're those attributes being played out with everybody else. But you know what? You need to let those attributes be played out with you. What would it do if all of a sudden the love of God is that you're patient with you? That you're kind to you? You know what? The truth is, is I talk meaner to myself than I talk to anybody else. I don't call anybody else an idiot, but I call myself an idiot. There's so many things. I, I'm meaner to Brandon Clark than I am to anybody else. 
Why? The enemy wants to do that because as soon as I've limited God's love to me, I've automatically I've limited it to everybody else. I've limited it. Please be patient with you. Be kind to you. It doesn't envy. How many of us look back at us and want to be something we used to be? We envy some image of us that's gone in, in, in the past. It doesn't boast. How many of us talk about our, our best moments as if they were behind instead of the truth that they lay ahead? That's why Paul didn't boast of stuff. He knew the best things were ahead. We've got to pound our chest on something that happened in the past. God's got great things ahead. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. What if you didn't keep a record of wrong of yourself? How liberating would that be? See, when we allow God's grace to flow in our lives, then we can truly be shaped by God. Our bottom line today is God shapes us by His grace. And if we don't let His grace come in to every area, even the ugly, messy stuff we just wish was ignored, then we're not really going to be shaped by Him. See, when God does the shaping, folks, we can live soaring. We really can. But guess what? It's not someone else's life that's there on the table being folded into this beautiful paper airplane. It's yours. And you got to give him all of it. All of it. The stuff you're pretty happy about and the stuff you're not. And recognize that you're loved. I want to create a quiet moment here. And maybe you're here, like I mentioned a minute ago, that you're here just for a second chance. Just God, give me another redo. And you've realized today that it's not about a redo. That God hasn't given us a chance to redo. He's given us a chance to be. To be loved. To be new. To be transformed. Not by us, but by Him. And so this morning, if you're here and, and you're recognizing that you, you've been on the outside, you've been trying to do the Adele thing and be braver and stronger and be your own Savior, and you recognize that, that Jesus is the Savior you need. It's not about you. You're ready to embrace that truth. You're ready to place your faith fully in Christ. I want you to just raise your hand, and we want to pray with you just to, own it and take it as your own. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Praise God, yes, yes, yes. Praise God, yes. Believers, I want you to just lift your voice with these. They've stepped over into the kingdom. They're family. The word says that when we believe in our hearts, we, that we are alive in Christ at that moment. I'm just going to lend you some words to just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. I receive your love. And I thank you that it's that love that will transform me 
not my efforts, but your grace and love. I embrace the forgiveness that you give to me. And I ask you to help me to forgive myself. I release it all. I put it in your hands. And I thank you that I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.